Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors have lost their third straight game to start the cursed 2020-2021 season. And they lost this game to... Philadelphia by a score of 100 to 93. Um, this game sucked, man. This game absolutely sucked. Um, the Raptors shot 35.6% from the field. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was just, it, this game sucked. This game absolutely sucked. The Raptors had a 13 point lead. Midway through the third quarter, they're doing well. Kyle Lowry took a charge on Embiid. The refs called it wrong the first time. Nick Nurse, as he loves to do, uses a coach's challenge. It's not a coach's challenge for Nick. It's a Kyle Lowry challenge. It's Kyle Lowry's seventh foul of the game every game. You, sit, you use the coach's challenge correctly. Kyle got into position. It was reversed. Successful challenge. Raptors up 13 midway through the third quarter. Things are looking good. And then the Raptors don't score, like, at all. Uh, And it goes down as yet another third-quarter collapse for the Raptors. It is three straight games of collapsing in the third quarter. And, yeah, the Sixers, by the end of the third quarter, tie the game. There are no business being in a tie game, considering that they were garbage offensively. Absolutely trash. The Sixers, you know, they shot 38%, including 25% from three. So they're just garbage. Um, But yeah, you know, they're in the game. And the Raptors from that point onward, never pick it up. Never pick it up. And the, the worst part about this, actually, is that it wasn't even like the Raptors got outplayed down the stretch. I mean, they didn't play well, don't get me wrong. They didn't get, they, you know, it's not, but it's not like they got outplayed. The Sixers did not play well either. It's just that they sucked less. The Raptors down the stretch were, had nothing. I, I don't even want to call them garbage. That's an insult to garbage. They had nothing. They, they had absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, look at the second half. They had 37 points in the second half. Total. Total. Um... It was, I mean, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And Sixers are a good defensive club. Of course, man. They have Embiid. Embiid is, you know, a singular presence defensively that it is, you know, impossible to get around most times. They have Simmons, who's a really good defender. You know, Danny's fine. Um, you know, whatever. But 37 points and a half, man. Um, 17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Raptors just didn't have anything. And, like, they, you know, it's pretty clear. They don't have anyone at the moment who can snap a streak, who can just say, look, I know we're struggling. I got this. Let's break this and change the momentum back in our favor. Um, the closest they have is Kyle Lowry. 
The closest they have is Kyle Lowry. Thank God for Kyle. If Kyle wasn't here, the Raptors would still be 0-3, but they would have, like, the worst point margin in the NBA. Um, because at least Kyle can occasionally give you a bucket, you know? Like, Kyle can use his little veteran guile, you know, draw a foul, to be honest, um, bait a foul. But, you know, look, I'm not complaining, man. I'm not complaining, all right? You know, Kyle can give you a bait foul. He can get to the free throw line. He could uh, give you a little, um, you know rushing layup in transition something like that but um you know that's not enough you're not going to carry your offense through that you're not going to play your crunch time offense through that for the most part against good teams and yeah the Raptors had nobody the guy who's supposed to do that Pascal terrible terrible tonight man terrible um and look I you know I would say Pascal has received a ton of criticism for my part, I've tried to keep it in perspective. I've lowered my expectations. I've tried to look at things a little bit more uh, balanced. A little, maybe even, not even balanced, but tilted in favor of Pascal. You know, look, I, I see a situation. It's tough, right? And honestly, I thought in the first two games, Pascal was their best player. Wasn't good enough to get the win, but, you know, he was the best. Today, terrible. Terrible on all fronts. Like, absolutely terrible on all fronts. The only front he wasn't terrible really was the jump shooting. Like, he shot 4-9 from 3. He hit a couple of mid-range jumpers. Cool. He cannot get into the paint. He cannot get into the paint. And look, whatever, man. Most people guarded by Ben Simmons with Joel Embiid in the basket are not going to be able to get into the paint, okay? I understand that. And I, I, I have to really say that that is a difficult, very, very difficult line of defense to break. Having said that, 8 of 23 from the field, 23 field goal attempts, 0 free throw attempts, 0. The only time he even got into the basket, his only restricted area field goal of the entire game, was the Sixers were lost in transition, Pascal was behind the defense, snuck in for a dunk. That's it for the whole game. From your number one option, who's a power forward, who's at least in the past, his primary skill was getting to the basket. He does not get there at all. Zero free throw attempts, 23, uh, sorry, 23 field goal attempts, zero free throw attempts. And you want to see another bad stat associated with Pascal, because there's plenty of them tonight. Zero assists, all right? I thought he did a great job passing the ball last two games, you know. Uh, you know, eight assists against the Spurs, matching a career high, six in game one against the Pelicans. What's he do tonight? Zero assists. You know why he had zero assists is because Pascal could not break down the defense at any point. See, the fact that he actually hit the 4 of 9 from 3, the fact that he hit some mid-range jumpers, that's great. That's great. I'm not even trivializing that. That's really good. You're going to need to do that, all right? Defenses will pack into pain against you. The thing is, those defenses are giving him the shot. At no point did Pascal beat Ben Simmons, you know? And I mean, like, beat the defender, as in, like, uh, using his footwork to get past the guy, force the rotation, um, you know, in the post, shoot over the top, you know, maybe get to his favorite hand, whatever. Um, you know, cross somebody up, uh, blow by somebody. None of that happened. Not even once. Throughout the whole game, not once. Ben Simmons had this man bottled. And yeah, he scored. He had 20 points on 23 shots. Honestly, in terms of where the rest of the offense was coming from, that's okay. But it's not enough. And the zero assist is because, yeah, Simmons could just had him one-on-one. There's no need for anyone to help. And, you know, yeah, he had some passes. Guys missed some shots. Zero assists is zero assists, man. 
I mean, you got zero free throw attempts and zero assists from your main guy. Compare that to Kyle, for example. Kyle, nine assist, uh, nine free throw attempts, nine assists. You know, that's kind of what you expect from a number one option. And the issue is, okay, if Pascal's not going to be the number one option, Kyle can't be the number one option, man. I've watched the Raptors for many, many years. Kyle Lowry is the GOAT Raptor for all that he's done, for all that he's contributed to winning. And the Raptors have had tons of success with Kyle Lowry. He's been the most important player. But sometimes in basketball, the most important player is not your leading scorer. Because the one thing Kyle can't really do consistently is being a number one option. Occasionally on nights, yeah, he can go off, whatever. Tonight, he was actually good. You know, his efficiency overall, 24 points on 6 of 15 shooting, 9 from the free throw line, 3 threes, 9 assists. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He was a plus 12 in a game that he played 37 minutes and the Raptors lost by 7. Mathematically, that's hard to do. But Kyle cannot be your number one option. We have seen this many, many times. Okay, that's why the Raptors have failed in the playoffs before Kawhi showed up. Because, you know, other guys were supposed to step up. You know, and and DeMar couldn't do that in the playoffs. He was good in the regular season, could not do it in the playoffs. Last year, Pascal, kind of the same deal. Good in the regular season, did not do it in the playoffs. And so the Raptors fall short. You just, you know, and that and that's the thing. Like Kyle just needs somebody to step up as number one option around him. Kyle make life good for that guy, set him up, space the floor, set the tempo, throw great passes, everything like that. Someone else actually has to do that scoring, and Pascal has not done that today. And the most disappointing part isn't even the offense. Forget the offense, okay? Because defensively, it was not a good game for Pascal. First play of the game, the absolute, the very very first play of the game for the Sixers. All right, the Raptors missed. I forgot who missed, whatever. Simmons collects the rebound, goes the length of the floor. Pascal is on him, and Simmons blows right past him for a layup, uncontested. And I'm thinking, yo, Pascal, that cannot happen. I understand that it's OG's assignment, but let's be real. Pascal, you have the capability of guarding Simmons. Cannot let this man walk right in for a layup. That's all he does is layups. Don't let him do that. And that's the first play of the game. Throughout the course of the game, Pascal was beaten multiple times on defense. This was a below-average game from him. And yet, he still only had one personal foul on him by the time he checked into the game with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Close game. From that seven-minute mark onward, in the last seven minutes of the game, Pascal committed five personal fouls and fouled out in the last seven minutes of the game. How was that even possible to pick up five? You have personally put the Raptors into bonus with five fouls in seven minutes. And you're fouling out. And the last foul, whatever, intentional. You know, the Raptors, um, you know, it was like a five-point game with 25 seconds left, whatever. Yeah, okay, take a personal foul, whatever. Then he walks straight into the tunnel. Okay, I, you know what? Fine, I get it, right? You're not. You're clearly not going to play. You're fouled out. Go, go to the tunnel, I guess. You're really not going to make a comeback. But... If you look at the whole thing in totality, as one of the leaders of the team, or he's supposed to be, where was that leadership? Was it on the floor in terms of delivering? Because down the stretch, the scoring was not there, you know, um, in terms of, you know, let's get a guy to come in and and, and get a basket and and get the Raptors back on top. A spark, nothing. I mean, you hit a mid-range jumper over Simmons, cool, man. Every single team is going to let you shoot mid-range jumpers. And until you shoot like 50% from those, you're never going to get anything different on that, okay? You better be DeMar DeRozan. Forget DeMar. You better be, like, Dirk on those to um, to, to even get anything out of those, right? Because every single defense in the modern NBA will let you shoot the mid-range jumper. 
what else? You know, he he charged into the lane for you know four guys. It's just it's tough, man. It's tough. It was a really tough game. And the leadership perspective was just not there, man. Um, the composure was not there. Some of those five fouls, yeah, some of it was, you know, lost in rotation. You know, okay, you know, sometimes you got to bail out your defense or whatever. But for the most part, man, just bad defense. Literally just bad defense. You know, that that's it. It's some of it was sloppy defense. Ben Simmons trying to just, like, move along the baseline. And you're grabbing the guy and it's, it's free throws. Like, why? Why? You're in a close game. I get you're frustrated, but why? Like, why? There's no reason for that, and it, on, on on many accounts, it was just a failure tonight for Pascal, and it's a bad night. You can rebound from a bad night. I think Pascal was shown some things this year, but it's been a concern. I've said it from like the day, the first game of preseason, really, um, up until now. So the Raptors have played you know six games already. The common theme is Pascal has not been able to get into the paint, has not been able to score in the paint once he even gets there, and yes, tonight Philly. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, both all-NBA defensive-type players, okay? We get it, but no, it, come on, you know? And, and it was just lacking. And and then you throw in the other stuff. I mean, the walking off is disappointing. Five fouls is disappointing, man. In a close game, too. It's, it, you know, four free throws directly from that. In, in a game where the Sixers couldn't really score outside again to the free throw line. It, it You know, it just, it's disappointing. And then you, you throw in the zero free throws, zero assists, minus 14, you know? Bad. Fred, bad. You know, Fred and Pascal usually play a two-man game. That You know, that's how Nick likes to treat it. Kyle's one pillar of the offense. Fred and Pascal, one pillar of the offense. Last year, Fred and, Pas- Fred and Pascal together, remember on that road trip, Kyle was hurt, Fred, uh, Ibaka was hurt, and Pascal and Fred, you know, come up night after night delivering, you know, yeah, yeah sometimes they, you know, didn't come through, whatever. Sometimes the limitations of the offense are there, but uh, they got a lot of results and they won a lot of games. Um, this year, the success um, has not necessarily clicked in for the two of them. But, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and then, yeah, you look at other parts of the, the, you know, the rotation, for example, right? Obviously, against Philly, the most important matchup is Embiid. Joel Embiid took 16 free throw attempts today. He hit 14 of 16. The Raptors shot 14 free throws as an entire team. And, yeah, normally I would be like, look, it's a conspiracy against Toronto. You know, they don't want Canada's team to thrive. They don't want Tampa to thrive, whatever. This is not that. Embiid, yeah, he gets, you know, one or two easy calls, you know. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah, it happens, you know. But he's also very clever at baiting for the foul. And what the Raptors did, time after time, was bail him out. So Embiid had 29 points today. It, was, it wasn't even like he had a flow or rhythm or, or anything. It wasn't like he was beating his matchup. Nothing. It was just the Raptors kept following him, right? And this is where you miss, Joel, you miss Marc Gasol. You miss Marc for a lot of things, honestly, right? You miss Marc for a lot of things. He's just a great dude, you know, great presence. His, you know, it brings a veteran savvy to the locker room. You know, uh, you know, you miss the passing, of course. You miss the defense. And today, you miss that post-defense because Aaron Baines is a post-defense specialist. And if you just look at specifically how he guarded Embiid in the post for that, it was fine. It wasn't like Embiid was, like, roasting this man, you know, doing the, you know, dream shake or whatever, beating him or whatever. No, he wasn't. But what he did was draw fouls. Draw fouls on Baines. Draw fouls on Len, who actually got his first time playing, you know, in, in an actual regular setting. And, and today he had 21 minutes, um, you know, which almost matched Baines, who had 22. You know, the two of them pretty much matching up against Embiid for the whole night while Boucher was was benched. 
just matchup wise, let's be real. And and you know the thing I miss about Mark is that the physicality. I think Baines and Len re- replicated a lot of the physicality that Mark used to give to Embiid. But what Mark used to do to Embiid was outsmart him, not give up the foul, not swipe, not reach, not bail him out, and just force him to shoot over the top. Because lowest of keys, Joel Embiid doesn't have that much in his game. In terms of, he's not a prolific mid-range shooter. He's not a prolific three-point shooter. Even in the post, if you have him physically matched up, which is difficult, I admit, because he's 7 feet 2 and almost 300 pounds, but if you can physically hold your position in the post, it's not like Embiid has a million post moves, man. We're not talking about Hakeem over here. We're not. We're, he's not. He's not that kind of player. He really isn't. But what he can do is draw the free throws on you. He's one of the league leaders in free throw attempts since he came into the NBA. And what Mark used to do was not give him that shit. And what Baines and Len did tonight, 16 free throw attempts. Bad. And honestly, even on one of the crucial possessions, the final possessions of the game, you know, OG has is rotated and, and guarding Embiid. It's like four seconds left in the shot clock, and OG reaches in and gives Embiid two free throws. Like, stop reaching on Embiid. Stop Getting stop biting on the pump fake. He's not even. He wasn't even good on jumpers today. One of six from three. Lots of mid mid range shots that were missed. And what what happened on the final possession where Embiid drives, gets to the baseline, defense collapse. He kicks it out to Seth Curry. Seth Curry is wide open. He hits the three. It's a five point game. Game over. What happened on that play? If you look at what happened on that play, Baines had good position on Embiid. Embiid used his stupid little pump fake, and Baines. Bites on the pump fig, doesn't necessarily leave his feet, but is out of position. It gives up the baseline drive for Embiid. Embiid got, takes the drive. Fred then has to help. No one rotates out to Seth Curry, and it's game over. Don't bite on these fakes. And that's the thing. Mark outsmarted Embiid, and tonight Embiid outsmarted all the Raptors' bigs. And they didn't even do that badly. I thought positionally, they played fine. Baines played fine. Len played fine. It was just the fouling. And, you know, it's, it's, it sucks, man. It, it just sucks. Like, you can hear the frustration in my voice. It sucks. It sucks to not only lose 0-3. It sucks to not only have Pascal play terribly in, in, addition, in addition to just losing his composure. And it just sucks that, you know, like, yo, one of the great pleasures of last season was seeing Embiid score zero points. Um, they put up the graphic the other uh, on the on the broadcast of how much Embiid averaged against the Raptors last year. It was five points. He averaged five points against the Raptors. He had 29 today. Uh, and, and it sucks to lose that element of it, too. And, of course, yeah, Embiid was also dominant defensively. Baines, one of eight, including getting a shot blocked. You know, um, you know, Len getting a shot blocked. Um, you know, you know, of course, Embiid being in the in the paint just takes away so much of what you can do at the basket against them. Raptors just offensively had nothing. Uh, and and it's, it's frustrating. But, you know, that's just what it is. And, um... You know, I guess there were positives. I thought, um, I thought Len was okay. You know, Len was fine. We know what Len is, man. He's seven footer. You know, has size. Offensively limited. Raptors kept trying to thread some bounce passes to him. You can't do that. Um, I'm not saying you have to. You have to. I mean, I, honestly, I am saying it. You have to pretty much run the big Mike Biombo playlist for a, a playbook for him. Don't give him tough passes. Don't expect him to, you know, catch on the, you know, short roll and make a play, something like that. Yeah, he made one great pass. That's okay. But, like, generally speaking, he's a little bit, he's limited offensively, okay? And so don't try to force feed him bounce passes on the roll. That's not going to go well unless he's open. And most times he's not going to be open because his defender is going to sag back. He's not shooting three right now. Um, 
but you know, Len, you know, okay, in his first appearance, fine. It, Len was not the reason the Raptors lost tonight. Uh, the Raptors also, you know, brought Stanley off the bench. Nick Nurse put in Stanley. I thought Stanley was great in his appearance. Great in terms of relative to expectation and honestly relative to what the situation called for. Like the Raptors needed somebody to match Ben Simmons' minutes. OG couldn't do it all the time. You know, I thought uh, Doc Rivers was playing around with the substitution patterns to get favorable matchups, um, which is something that Brett Brown also used to do. Mostly because honestly, Simmons and Embiid could be really good in certain matchups and really bad in others. So it's just smart coaching the way you should manage these two guys. But, you know, when. Uh, Simmons came into the game when OG was out. The Raptors would bring in Stanley Johnson, which is obviously a huge surprise. No one really expects anything from Stanley, but Stanley came in, was really, really good um, in terms of what he needed to do. Uh, physically guarding Simmons, I think the physicality might be Stanley's, like, I, I don't want to be rude. I really don't. But it, it's probably his only viable skill. Uh, that that Not not viable. Like, the, the only NBA above average skill is his physicality as a wing defender, right? We've seen it before. We've seen him against, you know, Kawhi back in 2018 or whatever. They did the day Dwayne Casey won his first championship. You know, congrats to him. Um, You know, Stanley has that quality about him. And Simmons, you know, for the most part, he's going to do damage if he he drives into you, A, with the speed, but B, with the strength to push you deep into the paint. And then he can find shooters or find bigs or whatever. Stanley was able to match that physicality. And once you match that physicality with Simmons, then you can neutralize almost all that he does. Let's be real. Ben Simmons is Stanley Johnson with a green light, okay? Offensively, the skill set, you know, I mean, I'm kidding. But also, it's the scoring skill set is extremely limited, as we all know. And Stanley did a really great job of guarding Simmons. But I also thought Stanley came in with great energy. There's one possession there, early when he first checked in, where he got two deflections just on the Sixers trying to inbound the ball. And that's, that's great. That shows great activity. That shows great hustle. He had eight rebounds today. I thought the rebounding with Stanley really helped. He really helped on that defensive glass, which the Raptors desperately need because they have been out-rebounded four straight games now, or three straight games now. And Stanley also got two steals, got a block. And honestly, he wasn't even bad offensively. Obviously, we kind of expect him to be a little bit bad offensively. But two things. One, didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he, he turned the ball over once. But, like, for the most part... One of the reasons why Stanley was axed from the rotation last season, in addition to just him not being as good as some of the other guys, was he just kept turning the ball over. Every time he tried to he tried to handle the ball, his handle was a little sloppy, whatever, he would turn the ball over, and, you know, you just can't. You really can't, right? So he only had one turnover today in 22 minutes. That's a nice, really, really nice start. But second, he actually did things that, did you know, the Raptors needed. Like, the Raptors were in a cold stretch in the third quarter. Stanley hits a corner three off a great pass from Kyle Lowry. And hits it. And that actually broke, you know, the run for for, for a brief second. Um, you know, Stanley also had a, a putback jam from above the three-point line uh, off, of, off a missed free throw for the Raptors. Um, and that was awesome, right? So, uh, Stanley actually did his role quite well. And I'm not sure Stanley plays all the time. I don't think he will. I think it's more of a matchup thing. But, you know, why can't Stanley get Rondé's minutes? Right, when, what, what Rondé did last season as that sort of stopper off the bench, um, you know, yes, offensively limited, but you know he would make hustle plays. He would pretty much do exactly what Stanley did today, um, and, and we all loved Rondé for it. Right? There's no reason why Stanley couldn't do that this year as well. You would need him to accept that role, uh, but honestly. You know, the same kind of skill set is there. They're both going to miss layups. They're both going to, you know, not hit an efficient amount from three. But 
you know, physicality-wise, Stanley you know, can do it. So I'm hoping that that's something that he can do. And I'm sure Nick, after this performance, will consider Stanley the next time there is a big wing that, you know, the Raptors need to match up against. Because that is a problem off the bench. They don't have that, you know, big wing, big small forward, you know, arguably a power forward type. And Stanley did that. And then the other positive is just OJ Anobi was fantastic. He was the best game of the season. One of the best games I've seen him play. Um, although there have been others that have been like this. But um, A, really good on defense. You know, he set the tone early on guarding Simmons. Uh, was real physical. Bodied him. Um, you know, was really, you know, again, just the same deal as Stanley. But just, you know, absorbing Simmons' his contact. Uh, but honestly, OG was everywhere defensively. Um, this is one of the nights where it was like, yo, this guy is scary as a wing defender, man. Five steals, a block. And you know what? Five steals is not even out of the ordinary for OG, man. This guy had seven last year. This game reminded me a lot of that Nuggets game, actually. Um, you know, he had, the, he had a, he racked up the steals, got out in transition for the dunks. Uh, but I love the way he played, not just defensively, because I know he can do this. We all know he can do this. He's like, on his best day, the best wing defender in the NBA. Like, he, he is that good. That's his ceiling. Doesn't do it all the time, but he can do that. And, we, you know, today was an, an example of him doing that. But um, offensively, I love the way OG played because sometimes you can see with OG, especially, you know, if the flow of the game isn't quite there, you know, he can get lost in the shuffle. And then when he gets the ball, he holds on to it like one or two extra beats too long. And that, of course, you know, that will kill the flow of the offense. And sometimes you can see in his mind the gears going of like, you know what? I just rehearsed all these moves. I want to do more. Here's my move. And I'm going to make my move. And he gets into his dribble. Does a little spin, maybe, but it doesn't. Sometimes he's just forcing his offense, doesn't come off. It, we've seen it all the time. It happens like honestly once or twice a game, right? Today, total opposite. Played without thinking, played on instinct. Uh, the threes that he took, four of seven from three tonight for OG, quick trigger threes. As a trailer, the, the ball finds him. No, like, you know, you know how OG sometimes likes to, like, you know, jab step a little bit. Nobody ever falls for the jab step, but, like, you know, jab step and then shoot the three. None of that stuff. Without thinking, shooting the three, you know, and you know if the ball comes to him and defense is closing out, attacking the closeout, throwing a great cross court pass, finding Fred for a better shot, open for three. OG was awesome tonight, awesome, absolutely awesome. His best game of the season, and this is why the Raptors extended him because they believe that this kind of game from OG maybe doesn't happen consistently because you don't know he's not going to score twenty points on seven or eleven shooting all the time. He, he would be one of the most efficient scorers ever if he did that. Um, but what he can do is give you great defense, play within the offense, and occasionally um, give you these kind of efforts. And this is a great effort from OG, and he played it within the flow of the offense. I loved what I saw from him. Unfortunately, it came in a loss, and unfortunately, gave up that foul to Embiid, but OG was one of the Raptors' best players. Um, and, you know, and of course, Kyle was Kyle. Kyle was great. Yeah, he always is great against Philly, man. He takes it real personal. Um, but yeah, the Raptors lost, and, and you know, honestly, the the bigger problem is just yeah, offensively, man. The the third quarter has been just absolutely brutal for the Raptors. They lost this quarter tonight, twenty eight to twenty against uh, New Orleans. It was thirty eight to twenty two for the Raptors, or for the uh, in terms of losing that quarter. And against the Spurs, they lost thirty to twenty eight in the third quarter. But again, the Spurs game, they had a lead there too. The common theme is they had a lead in the third quarter, and you just give it up. They just give it up, and you know it's 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 really brutal. It really is brutal, especially and it usually comes when Kyle Lowry comes out of the game. The flow of the game stops. They stop running the offense. You know Pascal and Fred. 
you know, do their thing, but it hasn't really been enough. And that that really needs to catch up. That really needs to catch up because, like, you know, you're banking on those pieces as pieces of the future, man. It's not like Kyle's going to carry you every night, man. You know, he's he's done that for seven years, man. You know, like, it's at some point someone else is going to take over. And, and they, Fred and Pascal, look nowhere close to taking over in that, in that front tonight. Um, Before I get to three stars, I just have to, you know what? I'll go to three stars. I'll go to Gerald Henderson and then one more thing. I know these pots are getting long, but I'm I'm quite frustrated. Uh, in terms of your three stars, Kyle's first star, 24 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, a steal, six of 15, three of eight from three, nine and nine from the free throw line in 37 minutes, plus 12 in a seven-point loss where he played 37 minutes. That says it all. That means the Raptors, in the 11 minutes that he sat, lost the game by 19 points in, in, in 11 minutes. And honestly, yeah, it's pretty bad. Kyle had a really nice stretch there in the end of the first half where he came in with about a minute left and within that span of the minute hit a pull-up three uh he he drove to the basket um you know he and he did i forget he set up someone else for three as well it it was just a great little spur for kyle all within the span of eight minutes It, it, it like one minute it was you know kyle was kyle's kyle he's you know just very very smart and yeah, he was good. Like honestly, like Kyle played well enough for the Raptors to win. It's just that you know other guys didn't. Fred and Pascal didn't. Um, in terms of your second star, it's going to go OG Ananobi. Twenty points, six rebounds, two assists, five steals, a block, seven eleven from the field, four of seven from three, two of two from the free throw line. Thirty six minutes. Guarded Simmons. What Simmons shot three of eleven tonight. You know, OG did great. OG did really really great. Uh, he fades, of course, but I mean, you know. He's also not a go-to guy, so it's not really his problem that he fades. It's he's going to feed off everyone else, and if everyone else is not playing well, which the Raptors didn't do that in the second half, OG's not going to play as well offensively in the second half. But OG played his role amazing, uh, and I hope this is you know a regular thing for OG. Uh, and then the third star, I'm giving that to Stanley, and I'm not even joking. Sometimes I give Stanley the third star because I pity him or whatever. No, no joke tonight. Seven points, eight rebounds, two steals, a block uh, in 22 minutes. Was quite good, quite good. And honestly, I I wouldn't you know look, he's this is second year in the program. There is more opportunity here. The Raptors badly badly need size to come off the bench. Stanley Johnson, buddy, you know this is your shot. Um, it's maybe one of your last shots in the NBA, but you know this is a shot. And the Raptors honestly had a situation where they might need some more of this from Stanley. So Stanley came in, did his job today, was great. Um, I have really no complaints. And no banter aside, like, Stanley was good. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that has to go... Um, you know, I want to give it to Seth Curry because he was legitimately good. 17 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. At the start of the third quarter, I thought Seth, the, the, the Sixers played a lot more through Seth instead of through Ben Simmons. And Seth gave him a couple baskets. And, of course, he hit the, the 3 at the end. But lowest of keys, I thought Shake Milton was really good for the Sixers tonight. Um, you wouldn't know it based on the, the shooting, 2 of 10 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. But defensively, he was really good, you know, especially against Van Vliet. And, you know, I'll give it to Shake Milton. Because honestly, Fred, 3 of 12 tonight, 8 points, minus 15. 3 turnovers against 6 assists. Like, you know, that's not bad. And I thought Shake did a really good job of that. So, give it to Shake Milton, man. And then the last thing I want to touch on was just Norm. Norm, it has been just... 
I mean, it's been a bad start this season. The Raptors are 0-3. You know, it's not like anyone's played perfect. You know, Kyle's had some bad games. Aaron Baines was bad tonight, one of eight. Um, you know, OG's had games where, you know, lacking. Today he was good. Uh, Fred, honestly, has had two, you know, one, one average game, one below average game, and then one good game. Uh, you know, Pascal, you know, I would say was a B in the first two games, and then today was honestly a, a D minus. Uh, you know, Matt Thomas, you know, sometimes does well, sometimes he doesn't, whatever. Uh, Boucher's had some nice games today, didn't really play, you know. But 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 Norm Powell has been has been nothing all, all three games, all three games. And this is after Nick Nurse called him out. It wasn't even like Nick specifically made a point to embarrass Norm. He might be, he, sometimes he's just blunt because I'm, I, I don't know, man. Nick Nurse, you know, grew up in Iowa and coached basketball in like the UK and, you know, honestly, he's he's a good enough coach where he's, he he can be blunt about his players. And we've seen Nick call people out. We've seen players respond to that. Um, we've seen Norm respond to that before. And he, you know, he said, "Look, let's be honest. You know, we, Norm hasn't given us anything um, in preseason and and also in the regular season. But he trusts Norm. He trusts his ability. Norm ended up playing less minutes than Stanley Johnson tonight." And that's not like Nick mismanaged the minutes or whatever. No, 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 no. Like, that was purposeful. That was absolutely purposeful. Norm got benched in the fourth quarter. And honestly, absolutely should have. Like, what is he bringing? Right? Obviously, the scoring is Norm's best attribute. It's been that way since the time he entered the NBA. Norm is a good scorer. I mean, good finisher, really. Not a good scorer. It's not like he's going to create much for himself. But when he's not scoring, do you really notice how empty everything else that he does is? Defensively, was he there? No, not really. Was he there, you know, uh, setting up teammates? No, not really. You know, was he rebounding? No, no, not not really rebounding. Um, Okay, what was he doing? He had two threes to start the game. I was like, all right, Norm, ready to go, right? You you know, whatever, you know. Sometimes he made some bad reads. Like he had one where he was wide open at the top of the three arc. Decided not to shoot, drove into traffic, turn it over. All right, horrible decision, whatever. Next play down, he's contested by Ben Simmons, but Norm drains the three. I'm like, all right, that's just Norm. Sometimes he'll be, you know, he can get stupid hot, whatever. And, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it's, it's not there for him right now. It's not. I mean, I think the frustrating thing with Norm is that he has this quality about him where he will make head-scratching plays, and I, I pointed it out against the Spurs, where he was chest-to-chest with DeMar DeRozan at the logo, alright? And I'm, I'm thinking, that is not how you guard DeMar at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, and of course, he gets blown by and one, whatever. And, and today, there was a sequence where the Raptors doubled Embiid in the post, successfully. Embiid was flustered, he threw a bad pass out, uh, you know, nobody had touched it. Nobody had tipped it from the Raptors. So it was going to be an over and back call. The Sixers, I forget who, I think it was Milton, you know, kind of races and, and trying to, you know, watches the ball roll in the backcourt. He's kind of shielding the ball because I think he probably wants to concede a, a baseline inbound for the Raptors on the turnover rather than um, a sideline inbound. It's probably, it's a little bit easier to, to guard. Um, but whatever, he's just seeing the turnover. He's already conceding the turnover. And Norm decides to then pressure Shake Milton all the way up the floor. And and the ball has rolled past half court. There is 
six seconds left on the shot clock for the Sixers. And for some bizarre reason, after chasing this ball all the way down to the Sixers baseline, when the Sixers are on offense, right? Norm decides to pick up the ball instead of just letting the ball roll out. So by picking up the ball, he is now making it a Raptors possession. The shot clock is reset because it's a change in possession. And the issue is Norm is falling out of bounds as he picks up this ball. So then he then tries to throw it off whatever, you know, but it doesn't really happen because he's like got a sliver of space. And so instead of it being a turnover for the Raptors, with the Raptors getting the ball after a great defensive possession where they stop and beat, Norm picks up the ball, ensures that it is not a Sixers turnover, or I mean, I guess it is still a turnover, but... You know, he essentially gives the ball right back to the Sixers. It's a full shot clock. I forget what happens. I think the camera missed it. But Ben Simmons got to the free throw line. He's shooting free throws. Why on earth was he doing that? Because it makes no sense what he did. It it, it makes no sense what he did. It's a Shaq in a fool moment. It really is. Because even if, even if Norm was under the assumption, okay, maybe the Raptors tipped it. Okay, maybe the ball is actually, you know, the Sixers, you know, that if the Raptors tipped it, the ball goes off the half court, then there's no over and back rule. Okay, maybe that's the issue. Maybe Norm's just trying to then make a hustle play. I have no doubt that he was hustling on that play. He just wasn't using his brain. Because even if the ball went out of bounds and it was Sixers ball, it would have been Sixers ball inbounding from their own basket, going for the full length of the floor in six seconds. That's not going to produce much. So what the hell did he do? Why would he pick up the ball? Like it's so inexplicable. If, if you don't, if you don't understand what I'm saying, you can watch the clip. I, I put it in ten things. I wrote it as point ten. It was that inexplicable to me. You can see it on my Twitter account. I don't understand. If someone else understands it, please try to explain it to me. I don't want to be hard on him. It is just so. It's just it. It's so norm, man. It, it's just so norm, and norm has been bad. You know, I, and whatever norm is. You know, Norm gets off to slow starts, whatever. Norm, you know, this and that, whatever. It happens, you know, but it just got to be so frustrating, right? Because, like, what was this game? After Nick Nurse calls you out, you're 6 points, 2 of 7, 18 minutes. You know, it's just, yeah, that's what it is. So the Raptors are 0-3. Not great. Especially since I had predicted the Raptors would have a 3-0 week. I was really trying to be positive about it, but damn. It's, uh, it's looking bad. The good news is the Raptors play the Knicks next. And the Knicks, um, you know, should be a win. Having said that, the Knicks have had two wins already. The Raptors have zero. And, um, you know, Julius Randle just had a triple-double. Almost a quadruple-double with turnovers. Wow, he had nine turnovers, 11 assists, 12 rebounds, 28 points. You know, a lot of people have already said that Julius Randle, or Pascal Siakam is a premium Julius Randle. I, I don't believe that, but also, you know, I'm also mentally bracing myself for them to play a very equivalent game. Um, so hopefully the Raptors can just win that, because if they fall to 0-4 and lose to the Knicks, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You are, you, it's it's, not, it's just demoralizing. I get that it's just the start of the year, 0-3, you know, teams have made the playoffs after 0-3, I get it. But damn, it, it's, it's, it's not looking good for your Raptors right now, so... They got to fix some stuff. They really got to fix some stuff, man. But, uh, yeah, depressing way to start the season. So thanks, everyone, for listening. 
Go watch that Norm play and try to explain it to me because I honestly have no idea what, what he was doing there. So, thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> There'll be more Raptors content. All right, I'm going to talk to Alex. We're going to try to lighten the mood. Um, try to tell some jokes. You know, look back at the, the year of 2020. Wrap it up a little bit. Uh, try to take your mind off uh, what is currently just, I don't know, maybe a very fitting end to 2020 to, to, to play in this fashion. So, yeah. Check back in later in the week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.